Grandstand Cricket. ABC Grandstand at Stumps. He's played it onto his stumps, he's out. We've known the outcome, it seems, of this match for quite some time. We're just waiting for it to happen. Uh, defiant Australian lower order batting has made at least India earn this Test match victory, a rare victory for India when it comes at the MCG. Australia 8 for 258, still needing 141 more runs for a highly improbable, miraculous, no-one-saw-coming type of victory. At all points, still to an Indian win, but... We were treated Dirk Nannis and David Hussey to some outstanding batting this afternoon from Patrick Cummins. Uh, what impressive commitment, uh, the ability to change his game. I said it earlier on commentary, the way he's been able to change his game and play so uh, defensively in the face of everything else that's happened around him. Uh, he did still play some shots, particularly against the, the new ball. Um, and his ability to back his technique. He played straight. Uh, whenever the ball was on the stumps, he was banging the ball straight back down the, the ground. And it was really impressive to see. He understood that there were catches on the leg side, so he simply didn't hit it to them. Uh, just clever batsmanship from someone who you would expect the top order to probably beat in that regard. Yeah, I endorse everything you say, uh, Dirk Nannis. Fantastic. Uh, Pat Cummins, 103 balls faced for 61 runs. Tim Payne, 67 balls for 26 runs. I look up the list and Travis Head faced 92 balls for his 34 runs and Sean Marsh 72 runs, sorry, 72 balls for his 44 scored. So there is some improvement there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Australia still require 141 runs for an improbable victory, but they're still, they're still breathing. There's still a hope. We're, it's probably an albeit a glimmer of a hope, but they're still breathing in this, in this test match. I think you looked at all the way down that scorecard. Every single person got starts apart from Aaron Finch. So the, the inability to convert and to, uh, to get in first, yes, they've all done that, tick, great. The inability, inability to convert that into a bigger score is, again, troubling. Alistair Nicholson, Dirk Nannis, Dave Hussey with you on Grandstand at Stumps, reviewing day four of the Boxing Day test. The half hour was taken uh, with the umpires uh, feeling that there was a chance that a result could be achieved tonight. The new ball taken. Pat Cummins, if anything, even looked better when the new ball was taken. In fact, the shot that he played to bring up his half century was absolutely superb. Jasper Boomer immediately had the new ball moving in, moving out. Pat Cummins, though, played it like a, a very accomplished player. It didn't seem to worry him at all. And it, normally, as a bowler, you just expect just to take a couple of cheap wickets as soon as the next new ball uh, comes around. And it is because... Jasper Brummel was able to get that old ball to reverse in. He was getting that to go a little bit, but he couldn't get, take it the other way. So when the new ball came and he was swinging in both directions, you just expect the tail to fall. But they didn't. Pat Cummins was exceptional. Pat Cummins here bringing up his half century, his second half century in Test Match Cricket. Cummins swings. Bowie swings mightily over mid-off for six. Will Ravel's full driven, beautiful shot, Pat Cummins. This should get to the long boundary and bring up a half century. It hits the rope. And Pat will raise his bat in defiance. Coming off career best bowling figures and now making a second half century in test match cricket in a Boxing Day test. The result will not go Australia's way, but the plaudits from an Australian perspective in this match should certainly go to Pat Cummins.
eight for 242. Isn't it wonderful to see a standing ovation at the MCG for a 50? Even the Indian fans all standing and applauding. It was quite something to watch, and Pat Cummins stands there still defiant. 61 not out at Stumps on day four of the Boxing Day Test. That's his highest score now in Test match cricket. He had made a half century in South Africa earlier in the year. Also coming off best bowling figures of six for 27 in India's second innings. It was a good little victory at the end of the day when he and Nathan Lyon were walking off the ground high-fiving each other, smiling. It was just a good little moral victory. But earlier in the day, Pat Cummins, again, he was exceptional. He has been exceptional all, all year for mine. Um, but so often we see that he seems to be the unlucky one. Uh, he bowls unbelievable spells but takes no wickets. I thought last night when he took his four wickets for three runs uh, in that little period there, I thought he was actually quite fortunate. He was, but wasn't unbelievable bowling. Got one down leg side, a couple on the hip that got to the fielder. And that was his, I guess, mother cricket coming around and blessing him for the first time in a long time. Well, let's audit his batting first and foremost. 61 of 103 deliveries. It's just amazing how a little bit of defensive uh, fortitude, technique, a bit of a sticking to your game plan and, and game sense and, and good decision making. At the beginning of his innings, he just defended, fought hard, put a huge price on his wicket. And therefore, he's coming out with 61 not out at the end of the day's play. Showed the top order how to play. His bowling stats, they just speak for themselves. Fantastic bowler. Always puts in 110%. Charges in for his captain, bowls for his team. And he's a good all-round cricketer. You can, can actually call him a genuine all-round cricketer. Sean Marsh has wandered across to join us on Grandstand at Stumps. Thanks for your time, Sean. Entertaining end of the day's play in the end. Paddy Cummins keen to make sure that this went into the fifth day and he was batting beautifully out there. How did you see it? Yeah, look, he batted beautifully, like you said. Um, yeah, great to see. And, uh, you know, as you said, we're, uh, you know, we're still in the game, so we'll rock up here tomorrow. You never know what can happen. You genuinely think that you're still a chance to win 141 still to get? Oh, look, it's obviously um, going to be tough, but um, like I said, um, you never know, dear. What do you think broadly of, of the batting performance today? Uh, coming off 151 in the first innings, how did you see the second innings performance? Yeah, look, obviously, you know, disappointing again, you know, the top six. Um, so, um, you know, we're working really hard, but obviously just, uh, you know, we couldn't get it done out there today. Take us through, you walk out to bat, you're batting number four, you're in early. What, take us through your mental preparation walking out to bat. What goes through your mind? Um, well, I was trying to be as relaxed as I possibly can and um, listen to a bit of music. Uh, and just try and um, you know stick to my processes as I'm walking out the bat. And um, you know, as I said, I, disappointing today. I felt felt pretty good out there. So to, not not to carry on and, and get a big score was disappointing. And so your first ball, ball was running into ball. What goes through your mind? Do you think, okay, we'll just watch the ball, clear your mind, and and play and bat on instinct, or is it something else going through your mind? What goes through your mind? No, I just try and keep it as simple as I can and just watch the ball. I'm just trying to um, tell myself um, where's the ball and. And, and go from there and, and as I said I'll just try and keep it as simple as I can out there. Seemed like a completely different change of tact in facing against the spinner Jadeja. Yeah look I wanted to be a little bit more positive today against him um, you know I probably wasn't um, wasn't positive in the first innings with him so that was a mindset and um, you know it was nice to uh, get a few away from him. And was that a team directive because it seemed that everyone in the second innings was a lot more aggressive towards him? Yeah a little bit yeah we wanted to be a bit more positive and um, you, know, you know take him on a little bit um, but uh, as I said um, you know 
we, we, yeah, we just weren't quite good enough today, unfortunately. Uh, Jasper Boomerah has bowled beautifully for India so far in this match and, of course, throughout the series as well. From your perspective, how, how difficult is it facing up to a bowler like that who seems only early in his career to be reaching his prime very quickly? Yeah, look, he's obviously a fantastic bowler. He's obviously bowled very well again in this game and, um, you know, he doesn't give you too much. Uh, he, has, he makes you work for every single... Um, run and every single delivery that he's uh, bowling t- uh, to you. So, you know, he's obviously a good bowler. Got you with that slower ball in the first innings. It's a, it's a tricky one to pick. Yeah, I obviously didn't pick it, did I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hit me plumb in front. So, um, yeah, he's obviously got good skills and, um, yeah, look, it was um, yeah, disappointing to get out to him. Uh, Mitch making his return to Test Match Cricket here at the MCG and, and everyone uh, giving him a lot of praise for the way he performed with the ball, but he's missed out with the the bat again. Do you feel for, for Mitch? I know he would have loved to have made a score here. Yeah, obviously I feel for him. Um, you know, he'd be disappointed with today, but um, you know he's obviously bowled really well in the first innings, and I thought he did a really good job backing up our quicks, but um, yeah, he's, he's pretty flat at the moment. And from a brother's perspective, when you hear your brother being booed when he comes back to play cricket at the MCG, how does that make you feel? Yeah, look, obviously I was you know, pretty disappointed with it being out there, um, but you can't control that, and you know, Mitch you know, to, to his credit, um, carried on and I thought he did a really good job um, after that happened on, on day one. In terms of the batting, and it has been a bit of an ongoing issue with the Australian batting, where do you see the biggest change needing to come? Is it mental approach, decision making or, or are there deficiencies in technique that still need to be fixed? Look, as I said before, you know, we're working really hard. Um, you can't question, you know, how hard we are working. Obviously, the results haven't gone our way this game and you know as a top as a um, you know top six batting group uh, we're all disappointed with it. A few blokes in the shed's going to give Pat Cummins a massage tonight get him right for tomorrow. Yeah definitely um, you know he batted you know superbly out there today and you know I thought the way Gaz you know backed him up there in that last half now under tough conditions was was outstanding. Sean, appreciate your time on Grandstand at Stumps. Thanks very much. Thanks, thanks very much. Yes. Australian batsman Sean Marsh with us there assessing the day's play at the MCG. Australia 8 for 258, needing 141 more runs to win this match, which would be absolutely extraordinary if they could pull it off. Cummins 61, line is on six. Jadeja has picked up three for 82 in the second innings for India off 32 overs. Shami two for 71 off 21 and Jasprit Bumrah two for 53 off 17 overs. The day had started with India batting 5 for 54 and they went about their business pretty quickly. We're, we're trying to score freely but also lost a few wickets before declaring at 8 for 106 and that set Australia this improbable target of 399. But again it was Pat Cummins who bowled so beautifully for Australia. 6 for 27, his best bowling figures in an innings. Let's take in some of Pat Cummins's magic with the ball. It's up in the air, he's caught in the gun. Total miscue, a gentle catch to Kawaja in the gully. He could not control that bouncing ball from Cummins. He gets the wicket of Bahati out for 13. India 1 for 28. Cummins in again for Jawad. Goes on the flick, he's caught. He's headed to Harris around the corner. He's out for a duck, can you believe that? Sun breaks through some cloud here at the MCG. It's shining down on Pat Cummins as he comes up and bowls to Coley. Coley hits it in the air and he's caught by the man at that squarish lead gully as well. Pat Cummins, he has breathed life into this Australian team. He has dismissed Virat Coley, who very, very rarely makes a duck. He's made one at the MCG in a Boxing Day test and he's trudging off the ground. 
three for 28. India has lost three for none. Cummins down the leg side, a feather on it, caught behind, finger stays down and eventually goes up. Erasmus delayed his decision, but the sound was clear as day. Rahani down the leg side, caught behind. India is four down for 32. Wow, someone's lit the fire here, Dirk Nannis at the MCG. And Patrick Cummins on a hat-trick. 1994 all over again, is it? Where's David Boone? Up comes Cummins, bowls, it's pulled away, almost taken. Oh, Harris athletically diving to his right. One of those things that everything seemed to work, so um, yeah, I can't really remember another spell like that. Cummins in once more, bowling full bowling, got that off stump. Agarwal departs, and Pat Cummins has a fifer. Here comes Cummins and again, he goes short, it's a better bounce, he might have got a wicket here, he has. So it just gets better and better for Pat Cummins, he's got his sixth wicket now. So six for 27 for Pat Cummins off 11 overs. Hazelwood chipped in with two wickets, two for 22. The other wicket taker for Australia. India declaring at eight for 106. Australia lost Aaron Finch very early in the run chase. Uh, three he made today. We'll talk a bit about the Australian batting. Harris fell for 13. Kawaja made 33. Sean Marsh, who we heard from moments ago, 44. Mitch Marsh only 10. Head dismissed for 34. Payne 26 and Stark 18. Cummins 61, Lyon 6, still there defiantly at the end. Um, the Australian batting, Dave Hussey and, and Dirk Nannis, it's been the talking point of the series, it's been a talking point for a long time now. Uh, Aaron Finch opening the batting, hasn't made a score again. It would seem he has a fairly tenuous hold on that opener's position. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I agree. I, we spoke about it today on commentary about how He's been picked in this side out of position to where he should be and is comfortable batting. I don't think he should continue to open. I think he should be batting down the order. I don't think he should be removed out of the side. I think it'd be disappointing for someone to get their opportunity at the highest level when you've earned your chance to have a go uh, and be batted for your entire test career up to that point that you were omitted out of position. I think they owe it to him if they're going to select him in the first place. I think they owe it to him to at least give him again another go uh, in the middle order. I, I, but I don't think that he should be opening in the next test match. But in saying that, uh, Aaron Finch has been selected to open the batting for Australia. He played very well in the UAE series against Pakistan. If somebody offered you the opportunity to open the batting for, oh, for Australia, you'd, take take it with, it. you'd snap their hands off. Absolutely. So I'm not blaming Aaron Finch for his failures as an opening batsman in Australia. I'm more blaming the selection of Aaron Finch as an opening batsman in Australia. The conditions are so much different in the UAE compared to Australia. The ball swings around a lot more in Australia, but Aaron Finch is so damaging against a ball that doesn't quite move around as much. Therefore, I can tend to agree with you, uh, Dirk Nannis, that Aaron Finch is better suited in the middle order in, in the Australian conditions. Uh, I, think, I don't think it was a bad choice to open him in the UAE, correct, correct. given that the ball doesn't move too much. Yep. If it's an old ball, it's harder to score. Whilst the ball's new, you want to be able to, to, to strike. 
I don't disagree with that at all, but because he had a little bit of success in the UAE, therefore he remained the opener coming to Australia, there's, which is, I think... There's nothing horses. wrong. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with changing your tact. Horses mm. for courses, I'm all for it. Mm. You're trying to pick the best possible team and the best possible playing 11 in the order that's going to win you the test match. If that means Aaron Finch opens the batting, so be it. You stick with it. But I think personally that he should be batting in, in the middle order in Australia. So if there's a change to the opening spot held by Aaron Finch for the Sydney test, should it be someone coming in from outside the squad like a Joe Burns or would you be inclined to promote an Usman Khawaja? Interesting. Are we talking hypotheticals? Because yeah. have they picked... Is well, this squad going squad. to Sydney? Which means you're hamstrung. Squad. Yeah, which means you're hamstrung. It doesn't mean they can't make a change, but you're not going to make a change once you promise people that this is the squad that we're picking for the next two tests. What should they do? That's probably a different thing. I think you should pick from outside the squad. Um, look, I think Joe Burns, if, if you're wanting to pick an opener, uh, I think he's shown ability at the highest level. If he's... he's gone away and worked on his technical efficiencies that we saw in his first incarnation as a test player. If he's gone away and worked on those and the selectors see that he's worked on those, then absolutely bring him in. And you were talking about Matthew Wade potentially coming in as a middle order player, David, on the back of his last two Shield seasons and, and has also played very well in the Big Bash League in the first couple of matches as well. He has. Matthew Wade's probably in the form of his life. I probably haven't seen him. I've played a lot of cricket with Matthew Wade and I haven't seen him bat this well. He seemed at peace with the game. He seems at peace with himself. And I think he's really enjoying his cricket at the moment. So I'd slide him at, into number the six position, drop Aaron Finch down the list, put Kawaja up to open, and either play Peter Hanscom or a Joe Burns in the three slash four position. So who's out? I don't know. One of the if, two if, Marsh boys. <laughs> two Marsh boys are out. Okay. Both of the Marsh boys would go out of the side. Yeah, you feel like they've been given enough opportunity? Yeah, as harsh as that sounds. I know we've just spoken to Sean and I'm quite chummy with Sean and Mitchell, but if every player had the opportunity to have 16, 17, 18 innings and average 16 for Australia, well, we're going to be continually perform the way we are performing right now and we are underwhelming. It's time for some change. They've been given a few cracks at it, the Marsh boys, that's for sure. Um, I guess David Warner's an interesting discussion point long-term around that openness position, isn't he? And we wait to see whether... He is reintegrated, as they say, straight back into that Australian lineup uh, with the Ashes series, of course, next year in England. How are India feeling about their prospects in this match at the moment? Uh, Cheteshwar Pajara has been speaking with Nerali Meadows, courtesy of Fox Cricket. This seems like a team that really truly believes they can become the first ever Indian Test team to win a Test series here on Aussie soil. Is that right? Yes, it is. I think uh, the way we have performed uh, throughout the Test series and even uh, otherwise, whenever we have uh, went overseas, uh, last tour to England, we played good cricket. Uh, even uh, when we went to South Africa, I think uh, this team has performed well overseas. So, yeah, we have got very good chance of winning the series. And, uh, yeah, the last Test match will be crucial for us. But, uh, yeah, first things first, we'll, uh, we'll look to... Uh, uh, finish the job early tomorrow. All the best tomorrow. Thank you. That is Cheteshwar Pajara speaking with Nerali Meadows from Fox Cricket. Uh, India's only ever won two test matches here at the MCG. A win here would see them retain the Border Gavaskar Trophy, having won that series in India early last year. But still, uh, there is that carrot hanging over India of winning a series in Australia. And, and for Australia, if and when they lose tomorrow and we presume that's going to be the case 
They can draw some confidence from the way they fought this match out, I suppose, to take to Sydney and, and try and ensure that it is a drawn series. It's interesting to see how close this test match is actually going to end up being because I think Australia have been thoroughly outplayed, uh, definitely with the bat. The ball, I think Australia have performed pretty well in this test match. Uh, Mitch Marsh added a little bit, and that's where he's added quite well. But uh, Pat Cummins, uh, Nathan Lyons bowled well again. I don't think there are too many holes in that department. Um, it's funny to think that India have only ever won five tests in, in Australia, isn't it? When you see them and the way they go about it now, and it's you're going to see them as a force for, for many years to come. They've really, um, over the last sort of ten years, just come of age as a country, I think. You can't fault the Australian bowling lineup. Mm. I think they've performed admirably. They're superb, always put in, bowl for the team and bowl their hearts out. The batting... Yeah, underwhelming probably is the word. You can't win any test matches when you get bowled out under two sessions, in and under two sessions. Uh, they fought hard with a bat today, but I just don't think there's um, enough technical nous and game sense to win consistent test matches for Australia. All right, the state of play at the MCG. Australia still batting despite that extra half hour as India tried to, to find victory here in the Boxing Day test. Australia at stumps, 8 for 258. Cummins is 61. Lyon is on six. 141 runs needed still tomorrow. Dirk Nannis, just before we go, Cameron Bancroft, of course, his suspension is up. So he can play cricket again, and the Hurricanes are taking on the Scorchers in the Big Bash tonight. So that, that's tomorrow, isn't it? So the suspension is up today, and he'll be back in action tomorrow. He will be very keen to make an impression. He'll be absolutely wanting to make an impression, but let's not forget that at the time that he was suspended, his position in the side was starting to be a little bit rocky. He hadn't made a lot of runs. There were starting to be questions about his uh, technical proficiency as well. So I don't think he's someone who should come straight back into the side at all and we shouldn't be considering him until he goes back and makes a mountain of runs. What sort of reception do you think he might get? That match is being played in, in Hobart. Would they? Would the crowd be, <laughs> be likely to... Knowing the Hobart crowd personally, <laughs> they won't miss him. But rightly so, he deserves to cop it as well. Uh, I hope he actually understands the magnitude of the decision he made in South Africa. He's got to pay for these sins and uh, I think he's served his time back into playing some good cricket focus, watch the ball and uh, enjoy your cricket again. I would have thought he's got a complete understanding of the gravity of what's happened. Well he's still very interesting. Under no circumstances would I want anyone to go out somewhere and and be booed on a cricket field or anything like that. No, it's never good and uh, well the camera crews have been in his face at Perth Airport we're told so obviously it's going to be a big story uh, no doubt about it um, as much as everyone would like it to go away Cameron Bancroft's return in the Big Bash League will be tomorrow as far as the cricket is concerned here at the MCG we'll be back in action with Australia resuming at 8 for 258 needing a miracle 141 more runs to win this test match India looking for two more wickets make sure you join us tomorrow from 10.05am Australian Eastern Daylight Time.